Hello and welcome to the NRL Supercoach Champions podcast. I'm Joe Fitz. Well, I'm back from being sick last week and it looks like it's caught on. Nathan Brown got preemptively homesick, the Tigers got sick of Madge, and Joey Manu got sick of passing to teammates. And here to discuss that and more with me tonight is a man whose high ranking makes me sick. It's Wilf. Oh, I thought you were going to throw it to Tim first because he's obviously the one who's really got the high ranking. But yeah, it's good to be back. Good to chat, Super Coach. Yeah, here we are. <laughs> yeah, no, it's going to be a very interesting origin disrupted week. And joining us to chat is a man chasing history to be the only Super Coach of the modern era to go back to back. Ranked 103, it's defending champ Tim Moody. How are you, buddy? Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, man, uh, it's pretty exciting. Uh, it's starting to feel real again. Starting to, it was the first time actually I'm like, hold on, I'm in with a chance here. So, yeah, I remember this feeling last uh, year. Don't get tense, mate. Just just yeah. approach it just as loosely as you have been, uh, you know, with your crazy kick-out trade-ins and your wish hearts and all kinds of stuff, mate. You've gotten <laughs> your way on today. Yeah, that's right. The, the um, super coach gods favor me. The yeah. universe is looking after me. So I think it's whatever I do, strong. just yeah, it doesn't matter what I do. I think that I just get looked after For by sure. the super coach gods. So you're ranked 103, Tim. Yeah. Wilf, you're just outside the top 1,000, 1131. A little shout out to myself with a 1037, almost halved my ranking. Still by far my worst super coach year ever, but um, my nose is almost bleeding up at 14K. Woo! <laughs> Uh, it's look, you know, halving your rank is a good week for any for anybody, so you can't complain about that for sure. It is. Champs are doing uh, as always far better than me, though, Wolf. Yeah. So our leader uh, for the five hundred dollars champs only bonus is still Brendan Coach Bunt for Red V October. He has dropped to seventy eighth, but I think for him, uh, you know, he only played eleven this week, and that was a pretty good. When he, I had 13. He outscored me, even though I had 11. He only had 11, so good times. Mm. We'll talk about that later. And in second place, we have Matt, coach of Terrace Crew, who's up to 117th. So our champs leader, though, again, is actually Ross, the coach of Slippery Balls, who had a massive week. He's jumped all the way back up to 23rd overall. So I think nice. Ross is well on your he's, – he's going to be well in reckoning. He's a contender. Uh, quick shout out to our leagues. So we've got a new top champs league, Champions 20 Head-to-Head 2 League. It's jumped up to fifth. The 20 Head-to-Head 1 has dropped to six. The 50 Head-to-Head 1 is 13th. And we've got the OG Champs Only League dropping to 21st. So, yeah, a little bit of a shake-up there. Quick shout out to the Podmasters Cup, though. Massive jump all the way up to fourth overall, I think. You know, this is g- given it's a league that is full of podcasters who – have obviously bi-planned. I think that makes a lot of sense there. So, yeah, it shows that bi-planning actually is making a difference this year. But look, that's enough of that. Let's check out the news for this week. So, admittedly, I've been a little bit out of the loop uh, this week and last, Wilf. Um, I didn't realise more mid-season changes to judiciary rules, PBLs uh, interfering again. Well, I've been told that maybe this has just been announced very late or whatever, but look, the NRL's own media release says it, the, the ARLC has approved enhancements to the NRL Judiciary Code, but basically it's, it's aimed at improving and simplifying penalties issued in representative final series and also 
um, premiership round matches. Long story short, they're basically bring back the beer. <laughs> yeah, <they're laughs> I guess you can look at it that way. Hey, I mean, that's what's going to saying- happen, man. There's been a lot of talk in the media about you know different players talking about their experience in the old day with the fight, and you know MG put a thing out, you just one on one, have it out for 15 seconds, and play on. You know, who it's cares about one punch man. kills or player safety, right? It, yeah, now they're bringing it back, man. Uh, yeah. Reggie Reagan will be pleased. Uh, it's coming back. I think it's going to be Tino and Payne Hash round two. Ding, ding, ding. To, to be fair, it's not officially bringing back the Biff. It's just making sure the Biff in Origin and other rep games don't impact club duty, basically. So it's almost like there's a representative judiciary record. Grade one and two offences, uh, you know, focused on fines, calculated percentage portion of their representative match payment and things like that. It's basically just making sure that if stuff goes wrong in the rep game, you're not missing out on. So, if you did sink bad in the rep game, you'd get you wouldn't be able to ba- play the next rep game. Potentially, yeah, that's what they're looking at. Ooh, I mean, I feel like if you've lost the first game and you're down by like you know twenty points with ten to go in the second game, and you're no chance, I think that's like classic Biff time. Then, yeah, better watch out for those New South Wales players in that situation this series. <laughs> And they've also made adjustment for finals as well. Basically, they're reducing instances where a player misses final series matches for minor offences due to a record across the actual season. So basically, if they commit a third offence, basically the way the, the the judiciary works is like for the first and second offence, you're basically paying fines. If you have a third offence, then that's when you might miss a game. And that's where if your third offence... Which is so ridiculous. Your third offence occurs during the final series, you might actually be able to just pay a fine instead of missing the game. So that's outside of reckless high tackles. So that's the really serious stuff. If the money's not actually a punishment, then I guess, you know, I mean, if the the money does, they do miss the money, it does cost them and affect them, then I think it's, it's fine. But if it doesn't affect them in any way and it doesn't bother them, then it's no real punishment, isn't it? Yeah, it's watering things down like a lot for final series. And look, I, I get the reasoning of why. And, you know, we all want good players to play the important games. But at yeah. the same time, like player safety, I still think is it's got to come first. And this just feels like it's just, it's sacrificing player safety, basically. But well, player safety has got to come first. Are you reading directly from the Magic Round 2021 press release, mate? <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. Just using the PVL zone quotes. Yeah. But all good. Look, that's, yeah, there's not too much news going on at the moment. We just jumped quickly to the games from last week, uh, injuries-wise. So the big news from the Titans-Cowboys game was really just Jen Campbell. Unfortunately, high-grade, hammy strain. He's basically going to miss eight weeks, roughly. So could be some flow-on effects there. Obviously, we've seen Paul Turner pop up with AJ Brimson moving back to fullback. So we'll no doubt chat about that later. The Panthers, Bulldogs, so Luke Thompson was a late, late withdrawal due to delayed symptoms of concussion. Pangai, late withdrawal, well, yeah, basically due to back spasms, has been named on uh, extended bench this week, so we'll have to see if that happens there. For the Seagulls, Warriors, horrible news for Carl Lawton, another massive major injury. He's done his ACL, uh, gone for the season. Yeah, that guy can't, well, uh, can't Achilles, take it. ACL, yeah. yeah. Look, I just I hope that, you know, with modern medicine and – you know he'll he'll have a bit of a cry, but hopefully he'll uh, he'll bounce back and you know be fitter than ever next season, and and that's the end of the injuries for him because he's a fun player to watch, and from all reports a good you know good clubman a good bloke, so you hate to see it. Yeah, definitely. 
Dylan Walker, he's banged up every week, but apparently this time it's his hammy, so you'd think he's probably going to miss some time, but we'll, we'll see if that actually happens. Uh, and then also Aaron Penne, he seemed like he had a bit of a shoulder burner or something, but in the end I think he's going to be okay. And I think we got off pretty easy for the Roosters and Raiders. Suspension-wise, really simple. Jordan Ruppin has taken a one-match ban uh, for a grade two dangerous contact. Zach Wolford and Carl Flanagan both paid a, a, a nominal fine, and that's it. They don't miss any other time. So, so what are you saying going forward if Jordan Rapana did that kick to the face, he would just cop a fine? There wouldn't be any suspension until he's done three kicks to the face or three infringements? No, I think this is like his second or third already. So he's, oh. yeah, he, he, he would have to cop some time off, I think, if he did it again. If this was his third offense and it was a finals game, then I think he'd be fine to just pay some money and he'd be able to okay. I get my oh, so it's the finals. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah so it's going to be fun. <laughs> I say fun with the biggest of inverted commas. Yeah, around you've it. been a naughty boy. Don't do it three more times, mm. or, we'll, or you we'll might make you pay money. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, something. I don't know. Good, good work, PBL. Um, <laughs> but we've gone through uh, the cash numbers. We've gone through. Uh, some of the weeks these injuries might be out. Let's crunch some numbers, Wolf. All right, so on to our next segment. It's Crunching the Numbers, sponsored by Carl McGrath Accountant. If you want to make sure you're not fudging your numbers when it comes to your taxes, make sure you get Carl to help you out. This segment, it's all about one of my favorite players, Dylan Brown, Dealbags himself. I started with him this year. I did trade him out at some point when he was playing center, and I am really keen to get him back into my team because he is currently the seventh highest averaging player whose team is eligible to cover around 17, obviously playing for the Eels. Uh, I've taken that from players who played more than three games. But you look at the names ahead of him, that are the likes of Pappenhausen, Nico Hines, obviously Munster Grant, Isaiah Papali and, and Cam Murray. So realistically, most of those guys are going to be playing Origin or maybe still dealing for injury or whatever. So Dillbags could be the second or third highest averaging player that's eligible for round 17. He's currently 618,400. He's available 5-8 only, despite him playing center for a couple of games this year or part games. But yeah, break even of 51. This guy is just an absolute beast. He has a season low score of 40 where he spent... 30 minutes playing center. So obviously dropped his base a little bit. If you look at it just as 80 minute games playing 5-8, he averaged 78.5 points per game in those 10 games. His base and base attack is 48.1, which is just insane for a half. I mean, you know, that means most weeks he's almost bumping out of 50 without any attacking stats. Uh, Last year, he wasn't too far off. I think he averaged 53 and he had like two attacking stats all year. So his base and base attack pretty much consistent both years. But this year, he's finally getting that attack, which he was missing out on. So that's that's why he's got that 75-80 average and could only get better. Bit of a mixed draw coming up, but look, he's got the Bulldogs this week. The Eels are relatively unscathed origin-wise. Obviously, Ryan Madison, uh, one of the only people that they have to worry about there. Then you look at them, they've got round 17 for the buy itself. They're playing the Tigers. And then the Warriors in round 18. So you look at the next five rounds overall, I would love to have at least one or two Eels in there. And even with the tougher matchups, with such a high floor, he's so safe. You know, even against the Panthers, even against the Cowboys, Storm, he's been so solid. I agree. He's he's a he's hot property. He's nice. He's a good thing. Especially this year, 
particularly. Let me ask you, though, what, what's your plan? How you, you sound like you want to do it this week, considering they're playing the Bulldogs and they've got a good run. Like, who do you have in 5 8 at the moment? So, for me right now, I have Cam Munster and Scotty Drinkwater. So, it's actually really easy for me to get him. So, you'd get rid of, you'd get rid of Drinkwater, would you? No, no, no. I'll just trade. Drinky's got the dual position, so I can swap him down to fullback. And then I'll Who's be. Who's got a fullback? Right now, I have Joey Manu and Joseph Swali. So. Oh, you've got flexibility. Yeah, dual position. I've got, I, could, I don't know how I can make it happen. Who do you have locked in at 5'8 and fullback? I've got Cody Walker and Munster. Uh. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty well, stuck. So, so that's that's my decision. I'm bringing in either Cody Walker or Dillbags, roughly the same price. Um, you know, Browns. I think twenty <sighs> k more expensive. Um, you know, I know Para. You, you've called out as having a fairly favourable draw. Wilf. You know, Rabbitohs have got Titans, Dragons, Eels, and then Knights in the bye, then Bulldogs. I mean, yep. it kind of doesn't get better than that, right? Do you plan to keep whoever you bring in for the rest of the season? Definitely. Because then, if that's the case, then you need to look at rounds 19 onwards for the Rabbitohs. I mean, I'll just read it to you. Storm, Sharks, Warriors, Eels, Panthers, Cowboys, Roosters. Yeah, that, that's obviously difficult. But Cody Walker does, you know, quite infamously turn it on late season and you've got to assume he's got Luttrell there as well. So, no, I mean... Uh, good arguments. Know, D- Dylan Brown for the floor... Cody Walker for the ceiling, I would say. Potentially, but I mean, right now, Dylan Brown's got a higher ceiling too. <laughs> I, I don't like the idea of having one or the other, you know what I mean? That's making me very, very nervous. I don't like competing that position. It's a very key position and I don't like, you know... Well, Munster's number one though. We can all agree Munster's the... Would you trade the, out the Munster? Like, Tim, you've got trades in hand. I think Joe and I maybe... Oh, actually, Yeah, no, but the no, thing is, okay. I, I mean, I'd do it and I'd, I'd probably look at trying to get him back even. But the thing is, I'm more concerned about like when would I look to get Dylan Brown in and if I was to trade Munster out, that means I'm like, what, I don't know which games I'm going to miss for him. You know what I mean? There's probably some ga- like nice games that I'm going to miss for him. Given the Storm's history, he will he will be rested for one game. Yeah, but one I can deal with and I can just make up, you know, change my reserves around and it's no yeah. big deal. Money's pretty good at backing up. He, he's, he, he tends to, of all the Storm players, he backs up the most. I yeah, think. so I'd hate to sell Munster and pick up Dylan Brown and then Munster's scoring just as much or more. That would do my head in. Well, I guess the question for you is like, do you look so, so obviously I want a third five, eight (laughs) Munster has the, the roosters then the Broncos, then the seagulls, uh, obviously misses round 17 and then round 18 is the Raiders. So if you'd assume if he misses a game, it'll be one of those, you know, either the roosters or the Raiders round 14 or 18, most likely. So the question is, is do you do a short term Munster to deal bags or something like that? Run with the two round seventeen gun. I feel like I, I feel like I used to sell out like a couple of years ago, like three, four years ago. I used to when I was just starting off with Super Coach sort of thing. I feel like I would like always try sell out my Origin players and, and try get all of them out over Origin, and I felt like that's was like a bit ended up being a detriment to me. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I feel like I've got already gotten rid of two like origin guns and i'm a bit worried about getting rid of Munster. it just becomes too hard to get them all well, we just we, we just ticked over more than half of the super coach season <laughs> we started with 42 trades 
you've got a lot less than half your trades left though, right? Not a lot so, less. Not a lot less than half. No. Yeah, you've 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 done pretty well. Yeah. So <laughs> I've got I've got nineteen coming into this week, but I'm planning to use a boost to go down to sixteen. Mm. Wilf, you're in worse straights, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm currently considering whether I boost this round to get more teams, but yeah, I've got sixteen, so that's pre trades. So if I go down, I'll be down to like thirteen or fourteen, basically, but. I'll have maybe about eight or nine round 17 players already mm-hmm. if I do that, obviously. so I'm I'll not be- great at maths, but here's my contribution to crunching the numbers. I'm stressed about using a boost this week because that would mean I've used three trades this week. I used three last week without using the boost because we got the third, and I used boost the week prior. And still will have more trades than both yeah. of us. So, so Tim, <laughs> shut up. Shut up, Mr. Top 100. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like doing nine trades in three weeks feels aggressive as hell, though. Yeah, well, I, I need to aggressively trade so I can get into the top 1,000 because I'm slipping slowly. It's like a... And if you, if you aggressively trade like you have been, Wilf, you will get into the top 1,000 for a week or two. And then... Maybe, maybe. Although this is not a crunching numbers um, comment, it's more of a feel comment. I don't think that this is the time to be sprinting. If it's a marathon, it's a bit weird to start sprinting halfway through the race. Yeah, but if you leave it... You run you out of gas, man. You always run out of gas. And so you yeah. might get your way into the top 1,000. You're like, yeah. So next week you're in the top 1,000. The week after you're in the top 1,000. And the week after that you're in the top 1,000. I get the sense before, before you cut in, Wilf, before you cut in, I get the sense your argument is going to basically be a translation of, yeah, but still. <laughs> mm. I was going to say, at least my moves are all about round 17 as well. But look, we'll come to that. We have a whole segment for that just shortly. Just really quick, I mean, like like we've talked about, get in touch with Carl. You can find him on Facebook, Carl McGrath Accountant, or Twitter at Carl M Accountant. Tax time really is getting you know a few weeks away, basically. So if you get Carl to do your tax return, he will legally maximize your tax refund. So basic tax returns, or if you want to account for things like rental properties, capital gains, or share training, even crypto, Carl can help you out and he'll record everything correctly for you. There is no job too big or too small. So yeah, whether you have a small individual tax return right through to you know, small businesses or even bigger businesses run through the company, partnerships or trusts, Carl can take care of it all for you. So yeah, if you, you know, he, he's a small business owner, so he only has a very few overheads, so he can definitely pass on plenty of his savings to his clients. Again, mention the podcast when you get in touch with Carl. He'll look after you. Let him know you listen to Supercoach Champions too, and he'll he'll look after you with pricing and probably chat some Supercoach with you as well. So yeah, check that out. Let's uh, jump into our strategy check for this week. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. Okay, so Tim, uh, you know, you're leading the three of us by some distance, keen to understand how your round 13 went. Did it work for you? I'm assuming it did and and how that impacts what you're going to be doing in, in the coming weeks. Yeah, look, I actually thought I was going to be you know, falling behind this week. I expected to take a hit probably a couple of weeks ago. That was my mentality. Thing was, because I had a bit of a panic moment last week after getting a poor score from Wishart in the first game of the round, having to play him instead of Harry Grant. I then brought in two other guys for round 13 that I was not going to. I'd, yeah, so I've sort of went a bit harder. So I don't have as many trades as I'm making out or that I'd like, but I've still got 
more than Wilf. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I mean, I, it went okay. I mean, I, I had 13 players for round 13. In round 17, I'll have 17. No, I'm, I don't, probably won't have 17. I'll, I'll, I'll probably have some, probably like 13 again. I, I hope. I've got two at the moment, definitely playing for round 17. But back to round 13, I uh, kept, I loopholed drink water early. So that was nice. Bit of a surety, got a good score with that. And yeah, there was there was some pretty good performers. The only thing I was kind of annoyed at is Karaz. Um, he's done terribly since we traded him in. He's made a little bit of money, but I don't know whether it was worth it. To be honest, it looked like it was a must-do trade, but I don't. Well, you're right there because I think a lot of us went Karaz just because he had a hot start and and the money making capability. But... I ticked all the boxes, yeah, except for yeah. the fact that he was playing for the Bulldogs and. He just didn't feel right to me as well. It didn't feel right, even though it looked right. I mean, he's still, he's still to me, he's still passing the eye test. Like he's just not getting the quality opportunities, which again, as you pointed out, Tim. Oh, I don't know if he's goals. playable though. I, I think he'd be a reluctant play at this stage of the season. He does have a friendly super coach game with the way he likes to tackle bust and break a line and. Looks like he should score if you with a break even. I think at forty five, you know, you wouldn't blame anyone for moving off him even at this early stage. I think he'll be my he'll be going this week for me. I just think I've got too many other players that I want to keep over him and he's just gonna to have to go now. But um back to round thirteen, one other comment I was gonna make. I brought in Kyrus here. I'm a bit disappointed about that because I was sort of really tossing up between the two other blokes that did better, which was Robson and Croker. Croker was the one that I was sort of really sort of sneakily kind of I mentioned him, I think, on one of the pods. but That would have been a super pod move to get Croker in because, I mean... Yeah, he's, he's 1% owned. and He's, he's, he's shed the stigma because he was a bit of a meme for a while there. You know, he's a solid first grader now, but certainly wouldn't be on many super coach radars. Yeah, but he'd been scoring just as good as the other blokes had been. He just sort of... He'd been scoring more consistently. Like, he, every week you'd be like, yep, I'll take that, I'll take that. Whereas, like, I felt like... Corrissey, I was mostly okay, but had a few like, wow, okay, nice scores. So I, I get a bit greedy for the upside and I don't know, it just probably would have made sense to get a manly player in my side considering I've got a bazillion Panthers and bazillion Broncos and a bazillion Roosters. Other guys. Yeah, the same team. I feel like I've, I've got like basically just five teams in my – I'm not using the full eight yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Wilf, I mean – just given that some of the duds didn't do well and the studs did really well, it was probably an issue of quality over quantity, wasn't it, round 13? Yeah, definitely. And I think this is where, like, so I had planned to, well, I should have had 14, but obviously last-minute injury to Pang Guy, that ruled him mm. out for me. And bloody Ricky Stewart. <laughs> Harry Rushton was going to get a game and then he's 18th man. <laughs> Wow. Uh, you got splinters under your fingernails, mate, if you were relying on Harry Russian as a... Uh, look, I, I would have happily enjoyed an extra 30 points. I would not have gone backwards and I might have snuck into the top 1,000 off that, but that's okay. I don't think he's given enough to Starling for you either. I think that Wolford guy looks decent. He looks very good um, in hooker, but I think what Starling brings to the side, they probably should get him on for at least another 10. Yeah, it's... I mean, look, he's no Jeremy Marshall King, is he, Wolf? <laughs> 
I, I, I think I'm going to have to concede that bet, unfortunately. Yeah, baby. <laughs> I win something. I win something. I can't win Swish to save my life. I'm behind you guys and overall massively, but God, I'll win the Jeremy Marshall King bet. But look, look, look that's still a season-long bet, so who knows what happens come end of season. There's still so Wilf had to, get, had to get a tattoo of Jeremy Marshall King on his bun. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly right. Yeah. I, think, uh, I think my suggestion was we'd have to do what Cam Munster or Brandon Smith had to do, right? Will you would look spectacular as a as a, a bottle blonde, mate. Oh uh, look, I've already done that back in my uni days. <laughs> anyway, that's, that's a long, <laughs> long time ago. <laughs> back when you were Wilfred A and now you're just Wilfred Z. Oh, that's 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 painful. But look, like I said, there's plenty of good super coaches who, you know, only fielded ten or eleven and still scored nine hundred plus, even yeah, up wow. to a thousand. All they had to do was Captain Joey Manu and, you know, their 10 or 11 had to have at least a drink water, you know, Ruben Garrick, Kikau, Olakuatu, maybe a Robson, maybe they got Crichton, lucky and yeah. grabbed someone like a May, you know, a Xavier Savage. Like, I mean, everyone had Tail and May or whatever, but you know what I mean? Like, you could have had a lot of those highly owned guides, guys and just had the right mix and you would have scored really well in round 13 and still done quite well. A couple of the cheapies I was a bit... Um, on the fence about and didn't think they were great long-term prospects that did go well was um, Savage and Hammer. So, Yeah, I mean, Hammer ended up going downgraded. Uh, I think he's got 60-odd in the end. Okay, so that's still fine. Still solid, yeah. still solid yeah. but not quite as good as Savage, which was – I think you and I both leaned uh, Savage over Hammer if you had to pick one. Yeah, it's just it. the awkwardness of the position that was – you know, exactly. if you could get him in CWT, I probably would have considered getting Savage. yeah. But I think, like you know, it, it turned up. It turned up. It turned into a pretty crazy round because you know I had someone like a Tui Pilotu. Can I apologise for my dyslexia? I always call it CWT. It's CTW. I'm sure it's annoying someone out there. Apologies. <laughs> Look, I've been biting my tongue, Tim. I, I finally, you know, thank you for apologising. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My God. My neurosis is slowly eroding away. But what I was saying, like Tui Pilotu, I mean, he scored 17, and Siegel scored 44. It's just crazy that a winger doesn't cash in on any of that. And bloody Ruben Garrick gets a, a try off a falcon off Rocket Berry's head. It was just uh, as I ca- because I captained him, I was comfortable with it. <laughs> of course you were. But I think, you know, this is maybe something we can take into round 17, uh, I do feel. Uh, just because, look, we are running low on mm. trades, like I just pointed out. I've run, I'm, I'm, I am running low on trades. And if you count it, look, not including boosts. So two trades for round 14, two trades for round 15 two for round 16, and obviously three for round 17. That's only nine trades from this round, inclusive, to round 17. So look at how many you've got for round 13, plus how many origin stars you're covering, plus how, how many nuffs you've got in there. Oh, so that's not using any boost if you just max traded? Yeah, that's right. So boost, max trading nine. and nine trades only. So that to me says I think a lot of people will struggle to get more than 13 or 14, unless they were carried a lot of players through round 13. But if you already had maybe six or seven round 17 players already, you might be able to get to 14 or 15 even. But like, I just think if you carry that many, you probably struggled for numbers around 13. So maybe you only had 11 or 12 or, or whatever. Yeah, and that, that's part of the genius of the game though, Wilf. And I think for me, I'm not punting on round 17, but anyone I'm bringing in, it's pretty much 
someone I'm going to be comfortable with the final teams because there's going to be so many injuries and suspensions that, you know, anticipating that, you know, you're going to get through that, you know, scot-free. I think, you know, round 17 just has that kind of player makeup that there's plenty of guns that won't play origin you can bring in. But, you know, the two of Pilatus, the Carazes, the, you know, all of those kind of, you know, cheapies, Xavier Savages, I think there's going to be a lot less of them for round 17. Yeah, I definitely tend to agree. So this is where I, I am actually feeling more comfortable maybe using... So I've still got two boosts left and I'm considering using one more because, as you're pointing out, like you're bringing round 17 guys, so coverage around 17, but also season-long keepers. So I'm thinking, you know, barring injury and suspension... I could get these guys in and they're going to strengthen my 17 for this week as well. And I can start scoring more points and then I'm still set up for round 17. That's kind of the way I'm looking at it. And then come round 17, I might only be using trades to nuff out basically, you know, one and done for that round. It's building up my bank. So round 18 and 19, I'm ready to get in those origin guys that I traded out like Tedesco and well, realistically, that's the only origin guy I've traded out at the stage. So you know, other people might have more. So we're talking strategy here, Wilf. You're going to consider using one of your final two boosts this week. Would you use that final boost before round 17 or would you keep that up your sleeve for the run home, do you no, think? I think? I mean, if I had another boost, I'd love to use one this week and then I'd have one in round 18 and round one in round 19, potentially one of those two rounds. Mm. Because people think about like, you know, how many Oregon guys did you trade out? Like if you're going to need to bring back two or three or, you know, like for me, I'm also looking at Cam Murray, David Fafita, guys like that who I never had in my team. Or sorry, I did have Fafita. Like I never had Murray, but, you know, I'm not holding on to those guys, obviously. So post round 18, 19, I'm going to be trying to get some of those guys in. But then you've got a lot of people who've traded out your Teddies and your Harry Grants. So some people looked at trading out Munster or whatever. You know, there's only so many trades you can bring in without yeah. boost. So, so you're only going to use one boost before round 17, right? Most likely. That's what I'm looking at. If so. that's the case, I don't reckon you should be boosting this week because that gives more variance to the more players you're bringing in having been injured. So I reckon you should boost closer to round 17 if you can hold off. So that way you're guaranteeing that three of the guys you're bringing in are definitely playing. Be sucky if you're the three guys you brought in this week got injured over the next two to three weeks. Well, I mean, for me, I am using a boost this week, Tim. You could adjust the boost later again. But my third guy enables me to get a Dylan, the Dylan Brown or Cody Walker, which I wouldn't be able to afford elsewhere. Ah, uh, so you otherwise. need to do it for the downgrade to make it and happen. To you. And and for me, you know, it's looking like it's going to be Ezra Mam. I mean, the guy doesn't need to do much this week to go up a hundred k in a single week. So it almost doesn't matter what's happening with Tyson. Another guy. I just don't know how I'm going to fit him. I don't know how you guys are like fitting all these guys with these spots. I feel like you guys got extra positions. We've sold our fullbacks, mate. That's, yeah. that's what what the deal is. So I've moved Hines down. Do you hold uh, Teddy? Is that why? Yeah, yeah I've no, got, Yeah, you held Teddy. I've got Teddy and Drinkwater downstairs. But, that's um, why <laughs> we sold Teddy, both of us. Mm, we sold Teddy we, to Manu, I think. Both of us did that. Yeah, yeah. Because they oh, lost sorry. last week, maybe he will back up. Too. And maybe he will. If he does, he does. Like, I, I made a calculated choice. If he doesn't and he doesn't and he scores 200, he'll be like, what? Bam. Yeah, look, I, I, I hedge my bets on him not likely to score 200 against the Storm. But if he does, at least I'll have Joey Manu, who probably gets amongst it, right? Mm. 
and Indeed. I still have Swali, who probably I'll probably sit him on my NPRs, but at least if he scores, if if Teddy's scoring two hundred, then Swali probably gets a bit of that love, and he'll go up a bit more in cash. But that's all, yeah. All aside, uh, I think you know, for me, I, I kind of see it as a calculated risk. I get what you mean by the injuries, but mm. you know, I held off and I didn't boost in the end in round thirteen, and in the end, I didn't need to because no one got injured except Pangai and. Like that was literally. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I boosted the round before, so I guess it doesn't. Yeah, it worked out both ways. But we'll just revisit this round seventeen when a few of you guys guys are injured (laughs) over the next two weeks. Oh, look! If that happens, then they'll probably be be in your team too. So Uh, I get. I'm as uh, plenty of the super coach community say, kissed on the. Yeah. That's what they say. Well, if that's the case, then that's fine. I'm getting people in your team, right? <laughs> so that's that's the that's the strategy. Well, how do you know? You're going, you're going to bring in people from my side now. Maybe. No, Ooh. I'm just kidding. I'm getting round seven. Never catch guys. me then. <laughs> Look, I think that's, that's um, yeah, strategy-wise, that's where we're going to leave it. So we probably should have said this earlier. It's just a shorter episode today. We are going to come back and we're going to have a second part. So instead of a late audition, we're going to do a post State of Origin Thursday afternoon evening episode. So it'll be out on the Friday at the latest. The idea is obviously we'll be able to sift through what's happened at Origin, working out injury suspensions, who we think is likely to back up. We'll look through the team list in more detail then and probably spend some time working out contingency plans, what you mm. need to do. More and- information. Yeah, absolutely. On Thursday we have at our hands disposal unfortunately i don't think i'll be able to join that recording but uh these great boys will still look after us we'll see you right all right so yeah like i was saying there'll be that second episode so keep an eye out on for that uh on the thursday slash friday morning but we'll just finish up just by quickly getting an update on our group comp so again sponsored by our friends at tyler made the stand for excellence in wall and floor tiles First in our group comp is officially now first overall. So that's Troy, coach of Roosters Pack. Congratulations. Congratulations. That's, mm. that's huge. He's been around the mix for a, lot, a while there. Yeah, he's he hasn't just snuck up. up. Mm, well done, Definitely. sir. Team's looking strong and he's peaking you know, at a good time in the season. But you know, we got a new second place. That's Ryan, coach of Chichi Mungas in mm. six. It's an interesting... Uh, I'm not sure what that is, but I like it. I <laughs> know, it sounds funny. Uh, our, our former second place in Shane, who was coach of Gillies Cruise, dropped to ninth. So still, you know, three in the top 10, currently top three in our champions group comp, not too shabby at all. So they are in the running for our grand prize of 500 bucks for first. And for second, we've got a $200 voucher to use on nrlshop.com. We really must thank the team at Tyler Made for their generosity in donating our grand prize of 500 bucks. Tyler Made are a family owned run business from Brisbane. They've got a team of tile specialists who pride themselves on their honest pricing with no hidden fees and premium customer service. They will take good care of you in person or you can buy online at www.tylermade.com.au and they can deliver to anywhere in Australia if need be. So if you are thinking about new tiles, tools or anything in between, contact the team at Tyler Made. Make sure you let them know you heard about them through the Supercoach Champions podcast. But yeah, look, let's finish up here for, for this episode and um, we will catch you guys again soon. Have a good one, guys. Peace. Go Queensland. Go the Blues. And, uh... Cattle dog. Cattle dog. <laughs>